Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. All right, welcome to our annual episode of Roman's Road. Yeah, it's been a while since I made an episode. I had a friend um, instant message me last night and say, hey, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? And he says, well, I haven't heard a podcast episode. So first of all, I just want to say to that friend, if you were worried about me, you should like call me directly. Anyway, um, yeah, it's been a while and a lot of reasons for that. Um, doing this podcast is basically a really fun hobby that I do. And it's not exactly high on my to-do list on a weekly basis. I have a very time-consuming job. And then after work, I have a family. And I try to spend a lot of time with my family. And then I also have a regular weekly, sometimes more than weekly ministry. And in addition to all that, I actually like to just do nothing sometimes. So the thought of recording and editing a podcast, because I actually like to put time into it. Um, you know, like I said, not high on the things to do list. This is not my actual full-time ministry. This is just something I like to do when I can. So anyway, today I can. So today we are going to be looking at a conversation I had with Jay Fire. Yeah, I was down at Oceanside and some friends and I from my church are out witnessing and a lady comes up and she is selling these kind of crystals, new agey type rocks. And she starts looking at the things we are preaching and proclaiming. And she just got really mad really quick. She got into a conversation with my friend, Matt, and that conversation didn't last very long just because she was upset. She was proposing all these claims about Jesus that were just absolutely unbiblical. So they get into this little, uh, you know, quick debate and Matt very graciously just kind of ends the conversation. And I look over there and I thought, you know, she would probably be good to interview. So I walk over there and that's what we're going to be listening to. So here we go. This is my conversation with Jay Fire. Fire away. Tell me your name again. Jay Fire. Jay Fire. F-Y-R-E. All right. Uh, like the violet flame. All right. So, Jay, I walk. I, I noticed that you were in a, a little conversation with my friend over here. Yeah. It seemed like it was getting a little, a little uh, energetic. Yeah. You seem like someone who believes in what you believe. What, what is it you were expressing to, uh, to my friend Matt over there? Okay. So first of all, you notice there's music going on in the background. We are about, I don't know, a hundred yards away from an outdoor restaurant and there's a lady singing and there's a little band playing their guitar, but, uh, it's noisy. It's just noisy out in the street, but here we go. This is what Jay is all about. I was expressing that religion is far overdated, that there's a new way to live and that the freedom of your mind is the way, which means believing in what you believe and feeling what you feel. And Mama Gaia, Mother Earth, is number one. All right. In that one sentence, she just expressed the gist of what she's all about and probably doesn't realize that she just contradicted herself right off the bat. It's really interesting. So 
She says, religion is outdated. Freedom is the way. Believing in what you believe is the way. And Mama Gaia, Mother Earth, is number one. And what's funny about that is if religion is outdated, then this concept of Mama Gaia, which comes from Greek mythology, Gaia was was the mother of, of everything, the mother of, of the earth. You know, if Christianity is old, well, then so is Mama Gaia. Um, and then the other issue of believing in your mind, believing in yourself, that's the way. How is that not outdated either? That's been the problem since Genesis chapter 3, believing in what you think is right rather than what God thinks is right. So kind of funny. And you, you just got to like let people talk and just look for these kinds of things. Most of the time, people will contradict themselves in what they're asserting. All right. So anyway, right off the bat, we know that Jay is a new ager, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and she's going to actually say that later. Now, even though Mama Gaia, as she calls it, was this being in Greek, Greek mythology, it's still a very common name today with Indian groups, with new age groups, with all kinds of groups. The, the meaning is a little different now, but basically it's the belief in Mother Earth in, in, in some kind of form. And so Jay, according to Jay, Mama Gaia is number one. And there is a huge movement around Mother Earth right now that is gaining speed. And now it's gaining speed and gaining energy. And again, this is nothing new. So if there is a movement, this is a movement that's been around a, a long time and just people worshiping the Earth. And it's straight out of Romans chapter one. People worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And it feels so good, and that is the love, and that is exactly what Jesus or Sanada has expressed. And he was not the only one. There was Solomon, and all of those great beings that made it through to us today in 2022. All right, so there you go. According to Jay, this idea that Mother Earth is the way, and that thinking for yourself is the way, um, is what Jesus taught and what Solomon taught. And and according to her, Jesus is also named Sonata. Um, So there's a lot going on within the first minute and a half (laughs) of this conversation. And uh, so my, my way of talking to people is just to listen. And I'm going to do a lot of that here. I'm not going to be rebutting too many things right off the bat. And another reason that I'm doing this, not just because I like to listen, but she just got out of a, a, a heated little argument with my friend who was preaching the gospel to her. So I know that if I start debating right away, we well, my friend Matt has already seen the results of that. So I'm not going to like try to reinvent the wheel here. Um, a person who is set in their ways, that they're, they're not going to be open to the gospel. At least she, from what I already saw her going through with my friend, she is close to it. But what I, want, what I do want to do is just listen and learn something from her about her beliefs. Because as you're going to see, this is one new ager who knows what she believes. And she's actually going to kind of clear up a lot of things 
that I've wondered about. And, you know, this is, this is a way I'm going to get to know what people believe. And so if the next time I come into contact with someone who's talking about Sonata or whatever, I'm going to know what they're talking about. So, so I do think this is a valuable conversation in that sense. But another issue is I do plan on her on preaching the gospel to her. You know, I do plan on telling her to repent and, and that's important. You know, I, I'm not one of these people who says we just need to agree to disagree on everything. You know, that does have a place maybe within the church. If there's a person who is a Christian and they disagree with you on something, well, yeah, that's, that's important to do that. But I, but what I do not do, and I think it's wrong to do is to talk to a person who has a false belief, a person who's a heretic, a person who's trusting in a false religion, and in that conversation saying, well, let's just agree to disagree. Because that kind of gives the sense that, well, what you believe is fine for you, what I believe is fine with me, let's go on with life. And that's just not true. Like if someone believes that we should worship Mother Earth, they are in sin. And I, and I don't want people to walk away thinking that everything's okay. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, Jesus, a.k.a. Sonata. And so she's about to tell us where it is she got that name Sonata from. And it's very interesting. Here we go. You said uh, Sonata. What, who, who is Sonata? Is That's another name for Jesus. Okay. And wh- where does that name come from? from? The Pleiadians. Okay. The Pleiadians. You know, a lot of Christians, they get their information about God and Jesus from the Bible. But not Jay. She gets her information from the Palladians, I guess. So you say, what are the Palladians? Well, I looked it up <laughs> on in Wikipedia or wherever. And so, so the, the Palladians are, according to Wikipedia, a group of alien beings that come from the Pleiades, the group of stars up, up there in the sky. And so I guess this is um, one of the beliefs that a lot of people who are into aliens have where the Pleiadians um, communicate with us. And this is super interesting because what Jay is about to show is something I've kind of believed for a long time is that when people are talking about aliens and the thing they teach, I've always just thought, man, that kind of sounds like something a demon would do. Just a theory, you know? I've never talked to a Pleiadian. I've never talked to a demon, as as far as I know. But it just makes sense that when you have these so-called alien beings and they're teaching things like Jesus was just a person like you and I and you can attain to be like him or, you know, all all this stuff. And and if if you study this stuff, you'll see that a lot of alien encounters have instances where the aliens were teaching some kind of twisted theology. And it always goes against the Bible. And it just seems like that would be something that a demon would do. So anyway, just a theory. There's all kinds of teaching on that. Maybe we'll do a podcast. I could find an expert in the alien demon crossover someday. And if that's you, send me an email. That could be fun. But anyway, uh, more on the Pleiadians here. And that is being a group of interdimensional beings or aliens or whatever you want to call them, um, they've been here for a long time. And the natives, the indigenous, have seen this coming for a long time. 
And and when you when you talk about the uh, Pleiadians or, or the or the you said aliens or, or whatever, whatever is, are, people want to call it, as are these beings, have you experienced these beings? I feel them every day. I have not yet quite seen them. I did have a dream probably about a week or two ago, and when I woke up, I immediately wrote it down, and that was the only dream I've ever written down, and it was of me and my daughter in our bus that we were traveling in going by the ocean and we were going down hill on the highway like out of control like I felt like we were going to crash but we were completely safe we are we are protected and it got to this group of like a lot of really awesome beings on the beach this was in your dream this was in the dream and when we got out they all like welcomed us and they said welcome chosen one with not so much as words, but I understood the hand gestures they were making. And it felt absolutely amazing. And I know that there's millions of others around the world experiencing the same thing. And there's a lot of channelers that are online to help people. And so there's a law of non-interference. So if you want help, you need to ask them for help. And, and where, where did you learn about this, this law of non-interference? through one of the channelers. Her name, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind, is Althea Lucrecio. And her first, her first interaction was with them was in Italy. And she was waken, awakened about 3 in the morning, and she physically saw them. Okay. So she had a dream. And then she's also got backup for her dream by this Channeler woman, Euthea Eucrasio or whatever. I actually Googled that name. Couldn't find anything. Probably a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, when I hear some something like this, a few things come to mind. One is she might be lying. You know, she could be. But you shouldn't jump there first, right? I don't doubt that she's had a dream or an experience that seemed very real to her. And this is actually a really important thing to understand when you're talking to someone who claims to have spoken to an angel or claims to have had some kind of crazy spiritual experience, you shouldn't just outright think, oh, this person's lying or, oh, this person's on drugs. They don't know what they're talking about. The fact of the matter is you don't know that. You don't know if they're lying. Their experience, their vision, their dream, whatever it is, it could have been very real to them. Now, the to them part is what I like to deal with, right? Let's say she really had this dream. And I, and I think she really did seem like it. Let's say she actually had this dream, this experience that was very real to her. The question is, is that dream trustworthy? Is that dream good? She said that this dream was so real to her that she wrote it down. And that's not something she ever does. So to her, it was very real. But the question is, is this dream trustworthy? Is this something that I should believe or trust in? And according to, to Jeremiah 29, 8, 9, the answer is no. Listen to this, Jeremiah 29, 8, 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you and do not listen to the dreams which they dream for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So there's a lot going on here, but the gist of it is don't listen to the dreams from a so-called prophecy or a so-called person who's in connection with some kind of spirit. 
or alien or, or, or whatever, we shouldn't be looking at dreams for our guidance. We should be looking at the word of God. The easiest way to know whether or not a dream is something that God would like or something that he wouldn't like is if it lines up with the Bible. Her dream didn't line up, line up with the Bible, so it's not something that we should trust. Some dreams are false, and as always, we judge according to the Bible. You know, her, her dream wasn't particularly instructive. It wasn't like clearly good or bad. It was more like an emotional thing. It's not like the, the, the aliens, the beings, the Pleiadians were telling her to rob a bank. So I'm not even going to get into the issue of, of dreams with her. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just listening to her at this point. But the thing that clearly is anti-biblical is her positive thoughts towards channelers, or in biblical terms, mediums. The Bible's clear, using a medium or channeler to contact spirits or to get information about the spirit realm, that's, that's sin. Deuteronomy 18.9 says, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Forever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. So just the fact that Jay is looking to these channelers online and these people who, who supposedly have information about spirits and, and all this junk, she is involved in sin. Very clearly, Deuteronomy 18.9 says, no, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. Let's see what else Jay has to say. Okay, now I understand you're, you're traveling around in a bus with your daughter. And uh, a cat and a rabbit. And a cat and a rabbit, of course. Um, can't leave them behind. Do you mind if I ask, how old are you? I am 30. Okay, and so um, how long have you been living this lifestyle in, in, the, in the bus? I'm really curious. This sounds like, it, it sounds fun. It does sound fun. Like not believing the, the thing she believes sounds fun, but like I'd love to just drive around in a van and, and park at the beach and hang out. That'd be cool. Um, finding my way through this whole mentality and through this whole like freeing myself from what I've been taught my entire life. Like there was a lot of there was a lot of sludge in my aura, in my chakras that I had to clear out due to my parents not being the most savory of characters. And um, but on the bus, actually on the bus, I got up the nerve last November to get out and I was living in Mendocino County. I had a happy little uh, rent voucher, so I was only paying like 130 a month, which is, you know, people's dream, right? I hated it. I hated it, and I hated myself for make, like still going the nine to five job. I've worked at a low, or I've worked at a Home Depot, an Applebee's, and a Quick Stop gas station. And the gas station was the hardest because I was literally selling people things that I knew were not good for them. Now I get not liking to have a job, a nine to five job, because you're doing something you don't want to do. So, you know, selling cigarettes, selling vapes, whatever she was doing that she didn't like. I could understand why, why she might hate that. But just the concept of hating being in the daily grind, the nine to five, the working at Lowe's, all these, like, that's a contentment issue. There is nothing wrong with working a nine to five job. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be productive citizens. We're supposed to be content 
with what the Lord has. So to get into this place where like you feel like you have to escape and be free of a job, that's not right. That's a contentment issue. It wasn't right for me. It wasn't right for my daughter. And I needed the freedom, the freedom to be. And, and so I'm, I'm really curious, how does a person survive or, or pay for being able to live in a, in a bus? And I imagine you're, I mean, gas is so expensive right now and just cost of living. Um, yeah, how, how do you do that? I don't think of it like that. I think of it as all my needs are going to be met because that's how, that's how it's been. That's how it's always been. I've always stressed myself out about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And then lo and behold, it always gets done, and I spent my time stressing about it for nothing. So I'm putting stress on my body for nothing. Like, literally, just a few days ago, we went to the coffee shop, <laughs> shout out, The Cup, over on Wisconsin Avenue, and spent $5 for a coffee and a bagel for my, me and my daughter to split, went out to the bus, and there was a $5 bill laying by my door. So it's just... The universe will provide. You just have to have the faith in your heart to know that faith in yourself. Okay. The universe will provide. So I agree. We, sh- we shouldn't get stressed out over stuff. But to say that the universe will provide, like, that's a slam in the face of the one who created and runs the universe, you know, again, worshiping the creation rather than the creator to put faith in yourself. Same thing. You're worshiping the creation, which is yourself, rather than the creator, which is blessed forever. And again, that's out of Romans chapter one. Now, I'm not going to accuse her of anything, but it's just very interesting when I asked how she makes money, how she gets money to pay for this trip and living in a van. She didn't really give a, a, a real answer other than the universe will provide like she, she didn't give me any kind of uh specifics not that she needs to you know she can have her privacy and all that but it would have been nice to know like how exactly are you paying for this trip maybe she saved her money maybe she has a rich relative i don't know um where my mind went to is i know a guy who was just the most free-spirited guy in the world and he went from owning business to owning business from city to city and, and just seemed to have like the most charm life. And then one day from another friend, I learned that he was actually running from some other criminals because he was in this organized crime and they had ripped him off. And now he was basically on the run. And so it kind of explained a lot, <laughs> including where he got his money from. So I'm not saying that's what she's all about, but it was just interesting. Like how in the world do you live in a van full-time, drive around, support a kid, eat, I guess $5 appears every time you eat something. I don't know. Um, it, uh, anyway, that's, that's the skeptic in me. Anybody listening to this, just know, just know in your heart, don't move in your life anymore with your brain because the brain is fickle. The thoughts are fickle. There's things that get through that are not true. If anybody's ever had any doubts, if anybody's ever had that little voice in their head saying, you can't do this, you're not going to make it, or what about this, or what about that, exit out, take a deep breath, and feel in your heart, and feel in your gut, because that's the truth. Hmm. Okay, so what you feel is the truth, and obviously we've heard this before, this is kind of like the main message coming from society today, what's true for you is what feels right 
to you, just follow your heart. And so the new age definitely has been uh, teaching that for a very long time. How old is your daughter? She is four going on 24. She is extremely advanced, and I kind of wish she was here so you could see that. But where, where, where is she? Is she in the bus, or where is she? She's at a, um, a friend of mine. I just met her, um, this woman, Tiffany, and her daughter, Anastasia, and they are absolutely awesome. Um, her and her husband have been pretty kind to us, and I, it just, everything's working. Now, maybe it's just me, but I don't think I would let my four-year-old child hang out with a couple, a husband and wife that I just met. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Now, I see you are selling some uh, necklaces here. Tell tell me about these. Um, I've got a a plethora of precious stones, unikite, lapis lazuli, um, amethyst, and... Um, If you know me from my BMX past, that word amethyst probably means something to you. Anyway, that's it. Also some ocean rocks. Now, they're they're definitely pretty, but do they have any any kind of significance on the spiritual side of things? Tell me about that. Absolutely. The unikite helps with, like, balance and helps with the psychic, like, connection. And it helps you to, like, go for what you want to go for. Um, the lapis lazuli is a very like, it's that's very spiritual. That helps with the third eye. No, that's the throat chakra. I am sorry. That is the throat chakra. Um, that's okay. I didn't know the difference anyway. Yeah, and the amethyst. Actually, back in the day, people would put amethyst in their wine cups because it was supposed to ward off drunkenness. Wow. Does it does it work? Asking for a friend. Just kidding. Bad joke. Um, I mean, I guess it could, but. Mostly, it 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 kind of it kind of helps. I feel like with the violet fly, the violet flame, which is a whole another spiritual thing that's always around us. Uh, the violet fire. I feel like this really needs to get out. It's there's a mantra. There's plenty of mantras and meditations, but for the most part, it's I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Okay, there you go, an actual mantra. It's not as popular as the Hare Krishna chant, but a sinful chant nonetheless. How do I know it's sinful? Well, first of all, saying a chant, um, saying that chant amounts to lying because you're not a violent flame. Secondly, Jesus commanded us not to chant like the heathens in Matthew 6, 7. Jesus said, when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So we're not to chant and say these religious sayings over and over and over. It's funny, she she just hates the word religion or the thought of any kind of organized religion. Yet, she says, these mantras, which are very much a part of this organized religion. And it's this spiritual purple violet flame that you cannot see, but I have thanks to, you know, the psychedelics and whatnot. I bet you can see a lot thanks to the psychedelics and whatnot. Violet flame cleanses your aura, and when you welcome it in, it just takes all the toxicity and the sludge and anything that you've picked up from other people. And that's another thing is when you're around people, you pick up things that you might not even know about. Now, when you when you say the sludge, so I, I have fasted in my life right. and, and experienced 
physical sludge coming out of my body. But Sorry, too much information there. It's, it sounds like you're talking about some kind of spiritual sludge. Tell, tell me, is, am I catching that? Yes, tell tell right. me about that. You're absolutely right. There's, um, it's called, it's called louche. It's called louche. There's like this louche that people or beings of not quite, you know, the purest of intentions will latch on and feed. And they're like the kind of people that will try to get a rise out of you and like try to get you to get angry or try to get you to get a certain way. Okay. As the motorcycle gang member revs up his bike next to us, the term louche Again, I learn new things all the time. So I, uh, I Googled this one, and the definition I got was, louche is a new age term applied to energy produced by human beings that other entities use to feed from. So another entity might be, I don't know, a bad Pleiadian or something. Supposedly, we produce energy, and other entities feed off that energy. And then the definition goes on. It is also used to refer to the energy that is produced by suffering that entities feed on. So there you go, louche. You got to be strong in your being and don't ever let anything, let it roll off your back like water off a duck's back. Like So, so I, I got to tell you, I've never heard these terms before. And uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but but it sounds like you've you've learned this. You said from psychics or channel. I, I don't know. But so so what would what would you call this? I don't know if you'd call it a system of faith or a belief. Like so so I, I talk to a lot of people in different worldviews, right, religions. Right, so you know, Buddhists, Muslims. Absolutely. What would you categorize this belief system as? It's it's kind of I don't. I don't want to exactly say the truth like solidly, but it's the truth through all religions. Like there's a great ex- uh, explanation of the violet flame and even the, on YouTube. And even the woman that explains the violet flame says if you use it, you can be a better Buddhist, you can be a better Muslim, you can be a better Christian. It doesn't matter your belief system in the religion world. It's, it's, a, it's a physical slash spiritual thing that just... It, it's, it, 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 it just is. Trying so desperately to get away from any kind of religious label. That's the thing that people hate so much. They constantly like using the, religi- the term religion in a negative sense. Oh, you're religious. You got this old religion. And what we believe, well, it just is. Like, this is just fact. You know, it's just that assertion. So many people just assert whatever it is they believe, and, and, the, and they don't even try to define it or anything like that it's just like this is just what it is this this isn't religion this is what all religion should be kind of thing would at least part of this be described as what what has been called the new age very much so okay we have a label after all the new age yes and the new earth the emergence of the new earth the dropping off of all the old ideals of all the old outdated things that it's not been helping humanity at all. And psychedelic drug use has. <laughs> Worshipping the earth has. You know, there's nothing new about this. It's straight out of Romans chapter 1. But now people are realizing and people are quitting their jobs. And you know what? I actually thank COVID. About eight years ago, I did go through a huge psychedelic thing. And then when I came out of it, I said, I wish the world would just stop. I wish everybody would quit their jobs. I wish everybody would just take time to get to know themselves. And lo and behold. 
And that didn't happen. You know, in one sense, a lot of things stopped, but not everyone quit their jobs. A lot of people, their jobs became a lot better during, during COVID. A lot of people made a lot more money. And so whatever it is that Jay is thinking happened because of what she prayed or thought or whatever, um, it just didn't. A few minutes ago, you, you mentioned that you experienced the violet flame through the, the help of psychedelics. How much do psychedelics play a role in you experiencing and learning the, the, the things that you've seen that right. m- most people haven't gotten to experience yet? Right. Uh, you do realize that you're on drugs and a lot of this stuff is so-called truths you've gained during your drug trips? Well, so I went through my heavy psychedelics age. Like I said, I'm 30 now, but my big party time was between 22 and 23. And after that, you know, I do microdosing and all of that. But Microdosing, in case you don't know, and I didn't, I had to look it up. Microdosing, according to the Urban Dictionary, the ingestion of fractional doses of LSD usually about an eighth of a regular tripping dose in order to increase thinking organization as a sense and a sense of wellness. In other words, a small dose of LSD. This is, this is what microdosing is. This is what she continues to do. But I don't really need it. And like most drug users, they will always, pretty much always say, well, I don't need it. I could quit any time. It's not something that I need. Most addicts will claim this. Like... It's just there. It's in my being. I can feel it constantly. It's this light, airy, like the wind has been picking up since we've been speaking. And I feel like that's that's Mother Earth's hug. And just so much, oh man, it's so much that you can't even... You're getting emotional here. You can't even explain with words. Like And drugs will do that to you. Like, it's so, the rain, the rain, this song playing, the rain about the rain of all the radio waves and all of this nonsense that's leaking into our brains that we don't even realize through. Think about all the stores that have microwaves. Think about all the homes that have microwaves and all the cell phones. Like, if anybody's ever seen the movie Lucy, when she gets really into it, she can see all of the, you know, the waves jumping off of all the electromagnetic things. And it's just, it's not good for us. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree that a lot of the junk we do isn't good for us. But I also like my microwave oven because that's how I heat up my burrito. So from your worldview, the way you look at the world, where did the world come from? Like, where did people come from? You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned that you mentioned that the old way of thinking is bad, and and I'm I'm guessing well, I'm not you say bad because we're here to we're here wrong. To you you said it was wrong. Well, so it, so it wasn't getting us anywhere. Interesting. People hate to use terms like wrong or bad just because from their own mouths they're constantly saying things like, well, there is no right or wrong. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And yet, they will just absolutely rip on the ideas that you have if you're a Christian, right? Like anything goes unless you're a Christian. The whole reason she's talking to me and explaining to me all this stuff is because of this argument that she got mad at my friend because he was daring to preach the gospel. And now she's doing everything she can to teach me why I'm wrong. And yet when you, when, when you confront someone with back, like, oh, no, I didn't mean you were wrong. Like, it's not bad. It's just, you know, 
I'm just right and you're wrong, but it's not like wrong, 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 bad. Like it wasn't getting us, it wasn't getting us to move forward. I guess, I guess that would depend on right. what you think the, the goal is to, to get right. somewhere, right? I, I don't believe that consumerism is the goal. I believe that love and oneness is the goal and to not have any fear, to be able to be free being yourself, to not wear these masks anymore, to take a deep, big, deep breath of the air that's around you because it's supporting you all the time. And if you know about this and you know how to eat to, to nourish your body, then you don't, have, you don't have any fear of getting sick. Like, oh man, I wish I could just take a little computer chip and go beep 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 and tell all of these people we'd be all dancing in the street you know like gosh you Bowie, met, you Bowie. Met. David Bowie David Bowie yes knew. David Bowie knew. what did he know he is an absolute star being and he knew about it and he spread the word and he was one of the lucky ones to not get snuffed out by the powers that be if you visualize this earth you can see like dark spots and light spots, and the light spots are the light workers spreading the love out, and then there's people that just, mm, it's not, there's, and there's people that are just like walking around like dull, and like they're just, they're, they're just going, you know, like there's, there's living, and then there's like, you know, living, and let me go do my job nine to five, let me go, like, why would you want to spend time away from your family to go support your family? It just makes no sense. I think part of the reason using drugs, psychedelic drugs, and basically being a free, a so-called free spirit driving around in a van is so attractive is that a lot of people hate their nine to five. A lot of people don't like their life. They're not content. And so they see, they, they see this young woman walking around and with her crystals and she's smiling and she's on drugs and everything's happy and fine and peace and love and hippies and all that stuff. It's, it's attractive to someone who doesn't have any kind of foundation of truth. They don't have any knowledge of God's version of right and wrong. And so to them, you know, whatever's good for you, good for you. And oh, look. I can be just like this person over here. They seem to be happy. And whether that happiness is coming from their drugs, their microdosing or whatever you want to call it, or the fact that they've abandoned what they would see as the responsibilities of, of life, whatever that means, it can be attractive. The sad side of this, obviously, is that drug use leads to all kinds of problems, I talk to homeless people all the time, and the majority of people that I talk to who are homeless are either drug addicts or they're alcoholics. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact. Like, if you do drugs all the time, if you're getting drunk all the time, it doesn't lead anywhere good. And that used to be obvious, but unfortunately nowadays with guys like Joe Rogan who are promoting drug use all the time, guy's got the number one podcast for men um, in America and, and he loves talking about psychedelics and drugs and all this stuff. And a lot of Christians listen to that and a lot of undiscerning Christians get caught up in that. And the fact is drug use is just something that's going to lead to destruction. Well, this episode has been going on for about 40 minutes, so I'm going to cut it here. We're going to call this part one, and we're going to be doing part two, so stay tuned. See you next time with our conversation with Jay Fire. 
you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a good review on iTunes. This is the best way for others to notice Romans Road and give it a listen. The more Christians listening and learning how to evangelize, the more we glorify the Lord. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Romans Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.